0: You're listening to the King's Church Podcast. Visit us online at Kingswisbeach.org.uk Jesus, may you speak to us this morning. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. Open our minds and our hearts. May we hear what you're saying to us today. And help us to respond to you. Amen. Right, as Jackie correctly pointed out, I'm going to be speaking from John 16. I've also got a verse from John 14. And I'll make reference to a bit of stuff in John 15 as well. (laughs) I'm continuing our series at the moment. We've got a couple of series going on. The one that we are looking at today is called the Christian Survival Guide. Things that... Jesus told his disciples just before going to the cross, actually, um, how to live as Christians in a world um, where there's difficulty. So let's have a look. Let's start reading our Bible verses and then I'll begin. So, John 14, if you've got a Bible, John 14, chapter 16 to 18, it could be a paper version, it could be on an app or whatever. John 14 is where I'm starting. Verses 16 to 18. And that verse says this. And I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. For he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And then John 16, verse 12 to 15, carries on this theme about the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says this to his disciples in John 16, 12 to 15. He says, I have much more to say to you, more than, I, than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the father is mine that is why I said the spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you so as I was saying these chapters in John are kind of Jesus's parting words to his disciples he knows that time is short in fact very soon um, the last is going to be arrested and crucified, Like within the next 24 hours He knows this is what's going to happen So he's telling his disciples Things that are really important Remember this Do this Don't worry By the way It might look like I'm leaving you But I'm not going to be leaving you I'm going to be sending a helper Okay Who can tell me <coughs> What this could be what do you reckon what could this could be a, a watch it does look like an old-fashioned kind of pocket watch doesn't it actually barometer that's interesting it's actually a compass okay north south east west with a little needle in the middle you've got to hold it flat though and the, the, the needle stays in the same place, but as you move around, it, it kind of moves about in compass. What are compasses used for? Navigation. Navigation. Okay, good. So, the title of the sermon is, How to Find His Way. How to Find His Way. Now, the compass gives us an orientation, but it relies upon the magnetic north pole of the earth for it to work. It's this magnetic force that pulls the needle in the compass and helps it to maintain its constant position. We then orientate ourselves around the direction the compass is pointing to, and from that, we can then find our way. But today... We want to know how to find his way, not our way. And those who believe in Jesus have come to understand that our way is no good, and that Jesus' way is much better, even if it looks very different from how we think it should look. So, how do we find his way? Let's take the compass as a picture of the Holy Spirit. Now, before I go into this, all right, let's just get a few things clear. (laughs) Often illustrations fall short on many levels, okay? I get it, I understand, all right? I know the Holy Spirit is not a tool, all right? The compass is, okay? The Holy Spirit is a person, and in as far as, he has a personality who is imbued with power and authority. The Holy Spirit is not a power or a force, but a spirit with personality who carries God's supernatural power within him. The Holy Spirit is part of the Godhead. He is equal to and is one with God the Father and God the Son. He is God the Spirit. But let us imagine for a moment that the Holy Spirit is like a compass, okay? And so often in Scripture, we have all these metaphors trying to describe what the Holy Spirit's like. We've sung a song that's just using lots of metaphorical picture language, trying to help us understand who the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit's not fire. The Holy Spirit's not a dove, okay? It's something like a dove or something that kind of looked a little bit like fire. It was really weird, but I can't really put words to it. Okay. So let's imagine the Holy Spirit is something kind of like a compass. All right. The compass is in our pocket or in our Christian survival backpack. Okay. It can always be with us. The Holy Spirit is always with us if we believe in Jesus. We can use the Holy Spirit to position ourselves and know which way to go. Like the compass, because the needle of the Holy Spirit, so to speak, is constantly pointing to true north. He is constantly pointing to Jesus, There is such an intimate relationship between the Godhead, the three persons of the Trinity, that they are intricately and inseparably linked to each other. And it is this relationship that enables the Holy Spirit to point towards Jesus truthfully and consistently. Let's have a look back at John 16 that we read just a little while ago. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear, but when he The Spirit of truth comes. He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine and that is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. The Holy Spirit points us To Jesus The Holy Spirit will also reveal to his disciples The deeper things of God Things they were not ready to receive at that moment Well you can just imagine Jesus is kind of just telling them Hey guys I'm just about to die I'm just about to leave you They're like They can't really take much in And the Holy Spirit is going to come And keep revealing stuff to them Keep teaching them stuff Keep them moving on Jesus mentions the Holy Spirit quite a lot in chapters 14, 15, and 16 in the Gospel of John. He's saying to his disciples, get ready, be prepared. I am going away. Now, this going away is kind of twofold. The the immediate going away is he's saying, look, I'm about to die. But the disciples don't know, but Jesus does. That in three days he'll rise from the dead. but then after a while he'll ascend to heaven. So there's that second going away. Because Jesus has ascended into heaven. But he says do not worry about it. Do not be afraid. I will send you a helper. Guys I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. I won't abandon you And leave you as orphans. And this is what usually happens to children when a father dies. But the Holy Spirit will come and take care of you. He will help you. In fact, he will connect you directly with me while I sit at God's right hand in heaven. Because he's part of me. Let's read John 14 again. And I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. The Holy Spirit is the person of the Godhead who dwells with us and in God's people on the earth right now. So to know the deep things of God, to keep connected to Jesus, to grow and to mature in faith, to keep ourselves on the right path, to know which way to go, what's his way, to survive as Christians when the going gets tough, we need to know the Holy Spirit. John sixteen seven says this. It's another saying that Jesus tells his disciples. But very truly I tell you, he says, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. It's true. Jesus died to save us from our sins. His death paid the penalty demanded by God for the separation caused between God and humanity because of the mess sin has made of this world and of our lives. But Jesus' death was also necessary to enable the Holy Spirit to be given to the disciples to us now it's true in the Old Testament the Holy Spirit was with one or two individuals but what I'm talking about here is like the full release of the Holy Spirit upon all the people of God all at once okay the fullness of this and this is how Jesus can have a close and intimate relationship with each of his followers simultaneously it's amazing how, how can he hear and respond to so many millions of prayers every day? How can he be present and working on different places on the earth, in different time zones, all at once? It's through his Holy Spirit, who does not sleep or grow weary, who can be present all over the earth and indeed throughout the universe all at once, And can be at work everywhere, all the time. Jesus gave his Holy Spirit to his disciples. Only Christians, only those who believe in Jesus can have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. We've read in earlier verses that the world cannot accept him because they don't know him. The Holy Spirit is part of Jesus, and Jesus is part of the Holy Spirit. So if you don't believe in Jesus, you're rejecting the power and work of the Holy Spirit in your life as well. So many Christians don't understand the vital importance of the Holy Spirit. And by vital, I mean vitality, life-giving essentialness. Without the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us, Christianity becomes just this dry, monotonous, wearisome thing. Without the Holy Spirit, the Bible doesn't make much sense and can become quite boring. Without the Holy Spirit, our labor is draining and mundane. If the Holy Spirit is removed from a church, it soon morphs either into a social club at best, or a religious institution. The life, power, and vitality is gone. There is also no revelation without the Holy Spirit. The Bible becomes a book of law rather than the word of life. There's no vision. There's no joy There's no peace without the Holy Spirit. There's no freedom without him. In 2 Corinthians 3.17, the Lord is the spirit. And wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. It's found in the Holy Spirit. Another way to look at it is like the balloons Jackie used earlier. You fill the balloon with air. And it becomes what it was created to be. It has purpose. It has meaning. It is a balloon doing what balloons should do. But a deflated balloon has no air. It's limp and lifeless. And it's useless. It's not a balloon. It's just this flappy bit of rubber or whatever it's made of. We, like balloons, need to be filled with the Holy Spirit in order to be who God created us to be, to be empowered to live the supernatural life God has given us to live. Like the balloons, we need to intentionally blow air into them, to inflate them. We saw people standing here, some found it easier than others, which was quite amusing. But Likewise, we need to intentionally invite the Holy Spirit to baptize us, to fill us with himself, and to imbue us with the supernatural power that he carries. There's water baptism, and we're having a believer's baptism service at the end of the month. But there is also baptism of the Holy Spirit. The two are not the same thing and are not interchangeable. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is when someone specifically asks the Holy Spirit to fill them and other Spirit-filled Christians can then lay hands on them and pray for them to be filled. We see the first time this happened in the early church was on the day of Pentecost. The disciples were waiting for the Holy Spirit to come upon them. They were waiting, they were hungry because Jesus had told them to wait. They needed the empowering of the Spirit to do the work God had called them to do. Before they were filled, they were timid. Jesus was crucified and his disciples pew, ran away. They were hiding. They were terrified. Peter denying, oh, I don't know him, I don't know him, please don't, please don't hurt me. But after they were filled, they were bold, and they were courageous, even to death. Their words carried supernatural weight. They even performed miracles in Jesus' name. The Holy Spirit changes everything for the disciples. Indeed, the day of Pentecost is seen as the moment that the church was born. When God poured out his spirit unto his followers to be the light carriers and his name bearers upon the earth. There is so much more to learn about the Holy Spirit, who he is, what he does, how he speaks, the spiritual gifts that he gives to us. That actually we're starting a special group on a Wednesday evening. Once every second month. This group's called Unwrapped and the first is starting on the 29th of March. And in this first session, we're going to be giving an introduction to the Holy Spirit. We'll have a bit of teaching, but we'll also give time and space for him to move amongst us. And this is going to be a vital time of growth for everyone. So do get involved in it. And this actually means that my sermon can be much shorter because I don't have to go into all the detail of of Holy Spirit stuff because we've got a separate teaching stream on that coming up. But for today... I want to encourage you for us to know which way to go in tough times and in good. We need the Holy Spirit within us for us to live our lives effectively as Christians. We need the Holy Spirit within us. Just as the disciples discovered at Pentecost that the Holy Spirit changed everything for them, I think it might be irresponsible of me, actually, to preach about being baptized in the Holy Spirit, tell you how important it is, how life-giving it is, and then say, oh, well, that's good. Let's go have some coffee. Right? That would be irresponsible. So I'm going to give you an invitation. We will have some coffee, but later. All right? Now is the time. I want to invite you to be baptized in the Holy Spirit today and to find that he can change everything for you as well.